Welcome to the Popcorn Wine Down with Tammy and Eddie. Grab your popcorn, get yourself a glass of wine, and come hang out with us as we discuss TV shows, movies, music, and pop culture. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us this week. We will be discussing Dash and Lily. But first, let's get to the wind down. So Tammy, have you heard um, the world was introduced this week to Elliot Page, formerly known as actress Ellen Page. Um, He came out as transgender and non-binary. So doesn't non-binary mean no gender? Or, well, yeah, he said that his pronouns were he and they, so I guess he's leaning more towards they, them, and theirs. Yeah, and maybe he feels more, if he had to identify with the gender, then it would be male. So, um, and I read the letter that he wrote, and it was very poignant and um, talked about the fear and the dangers uh, that are associated with being transgender more so than any other group or subgroup of the LGBTQ uh, community. And um, also talked about the number of missing and exploited and murdered transgender, um, the highest exploited group, I guess, being um, Black and Hispanic uh, Hispanic transgender women. And that leads me into what happened to Laverne Cox this week. Uh, She was attacked in Griffin Park in L.A. So um, she's okay. She said it could have been worse. It seemed like it was more scary than um, violent. Someone just came up to her and her friend and um, got in their faces. And she as soon as she called 911, that person took off. So, um, you know, hopefully she will be okay. But um, that was... Uh, really two really interesting stories I thought uh, this week and also I don't know if you heard um, but the WB Warner Brothers they own HBO Max and their quest to bring HBO Max up to the level of uh, Netflix Uh, they first decided to release Wonder Woman early which I know you're happy about it's the best movie of the year. <laughs> you haven't even seen it yet. It's the best movie of the year. Okay. So they are releasing Wonder Woman on HBO Max, but they took it a step farther. So once everyone had just kind of gotten used to that idea and everyone was okay with it, um, even the theaters, because, you know, again, we are in the middle of a raging out of control pandemic and a lot of theaters are shutting back down. A lot of cities and states are starting to shut back down, California being the main one so far. Um, So they were like, yeah, okay. But then Warner Brothers decides that they are going to Wonder Woman their entire 2021 slate of movies, meaning that they are going to release them simultaneously on HBO as they are on HBO Max as they are released in the theater. So that means Matrix 4, Dune, Dune. Wait, did you just say Matrix 4? Yes, all of their movies. 
their entire slate of movies. Wait, wait, wait. They're doing a Matrix 4? You didn't know that? Oh, Jesus. Why don't they just leave some things alone? Yeah, you didn't know that? They were almost nope. finished with it when um, when Rona hit, so they had to shut it. They had to Is shut Keanu it down. Reeves in it? Yeah. And and Carrie Ann Moss or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence Fishburne. Um, I don't know about Lawrence Fishburne. I think he may have a smaller role in it. Um, they. I don't think this storyline is going to focus so much on them as it is them passing a torch. So um, that is my understanding. But I know Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, their characters have a bigger role. Um, I'm not sure if Fishburne's in it or not. I have to, I'd have to double check that. Wow, that's news to me. I just did not know about that. But okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So um, when they announced that, though, uh, yeah, it kind of sh- sent shockwaves through Hollywood. Um, the theater stocks they tanked, and they were already in a fragile place. And um, they kind of rebounded a little bit. One uh, AMC was like, uh, "No, this is this is not good news." Um, and Cinemark was a little bit more optimistic. They were like, "Well, when the world gets right, I know that they will go back to uh, the regular windows, which usually gave theaters 90 days before movies went to streaming and DVDs and stuff like that." So. We'll see what happens. I, for one, am not really excited about it because it it's going to forever change movie going. And it I, will, but right now I feel that with you know pandemic like just going buck wild in America, like it's the best option that we have because even when the vaccine comes out, like we're still going to have to make sure we social distance and everything like that. And I haven't been to the theater in months, and I miss it. I do. I miss the experience. But I feel like I'll take this. Thank you, Warner Brothers. I'll take it. Rather than you postponing my, the big movies over and over and over again, I'll take it. I'll watch it from my living room. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. I just, I guess in the long run, I'm more concerned about the long-term effects. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. I, 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 I completely understand why they're doing it. Um, you know, and I'm appreciative that so far they're not going to try to charge us to watch it in our home, aside from the subscription fee. But I also wonder if Called they're going to... now the Mulan effect. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so at least we're not getting Mulan uh, so far with no Vaseline. God, that movie was horrible. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I have mixed feelings about it. And I'm, I'm interested to see, I guess... 2022 would be the first time that we really could say that we can begin to determine the new normal. So I guess we'll see what happens in the latter part of 2021, beginning of 2022, how that affects the theaters and movie going and everything like that. So, um, and big news this week for our boys, BTS, um, they took over their album B. Um, it debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 200, which is the album charts. Um, It's their second album to debut at number one this year. Map of the Soul also debuted at number one. But it also debuted simultaneously, the song Life Goes On um, debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 200, which was like their third number one in three months. I mean, on the Hot 100 single start, which is their third number one in three months. Um, Savage Love, 
Dynamite and Life Goes On. And it was also the first non-English song to debut at number one. So um, they are continuing to make history as well as all seven of their songs, with the exception of a skit, also debuted in the Hot 100 chart. So all of them are ranked in the chart. Um, Dynamite's number three, Life Goes On is number one. So um, big shout out to BTS, who also won big at the Mamas um, last night. Um, which are the what the Mimet? What's the official name? The Mimet Asian Music. To be honest, Awards. I don't know what the official name is. They call them the Mamas. We gonna just call them the Mamas. That's it. The Internet Asian Music Awards. So um, big shout out to them. They won what five awards? Six awards? Six plus yeah. um, P Dog won for producer and Bang won for executive producer, which just means that ultimately Big Bang won seven, eight. Nine, ten, ten awards in total. Oh wow, big hit! Because B uh, TXT won. Did seventeen win? Yeah, seventeen won one award too. I forgot what it, um, which one it was, but seventeen also won. Yeah, so BTS, and so this is the second year that BTS has swept all the deaf. I hope I'm saying it right. The Das Sings or Day Sings, which are the major awards at the Mama. So. Um, shout out to BTS and I actually liked their performance did you like it um it was good (laughs) that means she that means it was okay I really liked um the dynamite performance I like that they did something different and I like the little you know how much of a fan I am of my boy J-Hope because he can dance his ass off and I just love that about him that he's such an amazing dancer and sometimes he just doesn't get the credit he deserves um but the dance break that they did for it where they focused on him I was I loved it I thought it was phenomenal it was amazing like it, it was so so good so yeah I, and I did like it I agree with you I did like the dynamite performance um I'll be honest like no I liked all the performance I think what it is for me is that like I love when BTS performs and they dance as well, um, even for their slow songs. And I guess for this album, what I'm kind of, what I'm thinking is going to happen is that, you know, dancing ain't really going to be that thing for this album. Um, But life goes on. Like, it was a really nice concept that they did where everybody was kind of like white face and everything like that, like with paint. Well, you thought it was paint. And um, like they were just frozen and then all of a sudden like it just changed and um, they got sugar, you know, hologram sugar came out and that was really, really, I was just like, oh, we miss you so much. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, I think Life Goes On kind of reminds me of um, Make It Right. They don't have choreography for Make It Right either. they kind of came up with some for their New Year's Eve performance last year, but this, that's the song that they normally are just pretty chill when they perform to. Um, I think if they actually officially release another single, because with the exception of the Blue and Gray, Life Goes On is the slowest song on the album. I think they would actually have to come up with choreography for the others. Like Fly Me To My Room is something, is a bop you can dance to, you know, so. I don't think they would make a, um, I, I think it would be disease, t- telepathy, um, and then dynamite. Yeah, so um, we'll <laughs> see. But yeah, I, it, does, it didn't bother me that, you know, they didn't have any choreography for it. It just kind of reminds me of what Jen said. They asked Jen on his birthday, what was his favorite song after the album? He goes, life goes on because there's no choreo. 
So, you know. Um, and by the way, shout out, happy belated birthday to Jen, um, who turned uh, 20, gosh, his Korean age, 29. And in his real age, is 28. He's 28. Let's not, like, this ain't good. <laughs> His, his, his Korean age. No, no. He, he's 28 years old. Cause you, okay, so my thing is with that is that, yes, okay, for his Korean age, he's 29. But when they talk about, like, when they're talking about the military and everything like that, they go by the international age. So, yeah. like, it's not like, because if, if, if they were going by Korean age, then he would have already have joined the military. But he's 29. Well, so why don't you go by the Korean age for, um, for the military? Well, you know. And also, speaking of which, that is, is now that you bring that up, that's other news. Uh, they passed the BTS law this week in South Korea, which extends their military service or delays their military service for another two years. So they get at least until they're 30. And um, it's not only for BTS because other idols have already started to take advantage of it. So, yay. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Um I know that's a very controversial military service is a very controversial thing in um, Korea. The old school people are all about it. The new school, they're like, yeah, I'll do it because I have to. But, you know, so we'll see. Um, I'm not going to really speak too much on that because I'm not Korean. So, but um, any other great performances? I liked Got Seven's performance. I hate that they didn't perform Breath and that they performed what not by the moon they had to perform it that was what they were nominated for uh, i realized that so. when i was watching and i was just like why are they doing and then i realized is that was the, that was the song they were nominated for so they had to perform the song that they were actually nominated for that's just like with 17 17 performed left and right and then they performed home run but left and right was last year but they you know they had to because that was the song that they were nominated for. And I saw that a lot of groups did that where they performed like an older song because that was their nominated song. So it's just like with BTS. <laughs> where they performed uh, their two nominated songs. It just happened to be that oh. Dynamite, you know. Well, you know, I never get tired of seeing On. I love On. And I kind of figured they wouldn't perform another song from, uh, uh, from B. So it, I was like, okay. But yeah, um... I saw in oh in hyphen performed also and who else performed that I really liked. I like the X. I thought they were real like both of their performances because you know they performed two nights and like I I hate beast mode. Let me just say that right now. And I know we're gonna talk about them a little bit later, but I hate beast mode. Like I hate that song. But um, I may hate the song, but I like when they perform the song. like it's a great performance when they perform beast mode but i just hate the song <laughs> i haven't seen i haven't watched i'm still making my way through the performances i haven't watched monster x yet they did love um, killer um so i haven't watched their performance yet it took me forever to get through the million and three uh, thousand nct performances because they brought the whole nct tribe country whatever you want to call all million members of them together and so it was like nct nctu nct 127 <laughs> nct3 <NCT> <laughs> like all of them wavy performed and i'm like oh good lord 
so it was just like, all right, it, you know, there, I am gaining a new respect for NCTU. Like you said, we're going to talk about that a little but bit. But I like, so. I also like, um, although I hate, I, I would say one thing, I also hated the lip singing because nobody truly performed. Um, like they, they, they lip, lip sang their whole performances. So it was really about the dance. But I liked, um, I don't think, I don't know if you've heard of her, Wasa. Mm-hmm. Um, like I love the song Maria and I watched like the dance um, practice video and the music video and I just love it all I think she did a really really good job um, so yeah like I think she was the only female artist I haven't watched Boa yet to see how Boa did for her performance but um, I love the video that Boa did so um, did Blackpink perform? No, they did not. <laughs> That's what I asked. Like, they were shut out pretty much. They were. They won one they award, were... twice won. I think it was like two or three awards, twice won. Blackpink won one award. They were talking about that in an article on all, all um, what is it, all K-pop? Uh, how they, it's kind of like they were a little bit like shut out at Mama being the most popular like girl group. But, you know. Yeah, so I was like, okay, that surprised me. Um, I still have mixed emotions about Blackpink. They're hit or miss with me sometimes. I, I, but I do respect, like, I, I I do respect their game. Like, they are, you know, um, legit. I just haven't really converted into a fan, a full-fledged fan. But um, they also announced this week that they were going to have their first virtual live stream concert. And maybe the reason why I'm not a fan is because they seem lazy with the way they title stuff because I will give you three guesses as the to concert. what they're calling their concert no you're close it's called the show, the show. so you know <laughs> they had black pink the album and now they're having black pink the show and oh I'm like God. whoever your marketing person is is fire the laziest <laughs> motherfucker in the world you need to fire them like really they put absolutely no thought into that none and it's like oh it's black pink they're gonna sell anyway we don't have to really worry about what we call it and I'm just like the show really the show the show so um <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm oh wait wait one more thing so I found out remember when we were discussing like this whole New Year's Eve concert that Big Hit is supposed to be having for the whole family and we were trying to figure mm-hmm. out like what happened to Seventeen they finally announced why Seventeen is not gonna be performing at the concert um, they are actually going to be performing at the Japanese New Year con- New Year's Eve concert. Um, I think oh, okay. I think they're like a headliner or something like that. So because of that, it was just announced. That's the reason why they won't be able to be part of Big Hit. I was just like, oh, okay, well, go, go ahead and get your own headlining uh, show for New Year's Eve. Well, you said it was something that they'd already signed up for. Yeah, they signed up for it a while ago. It just finally came out telling us exactly why they weren't going to be at the Big Hit concert. And, you know, unless it had to do with Big Hit's beef with this uh, TV station that they're beefing with, that's been going on for years. I'm finding out more and more about that, but that's been going on for years. Um, I didn't think they would make them drop out. But um, what I was saying about Blackpink is that their show, I'm interested to see how it's going to do because Dua Lipa recently did a live stream concert. She had 5 million live streams. Um, So 
which was a record-breaking number. I think the the number the highest had been like a million or so, um, and that was with BTS with their second one. Macro the Show got like what a million, million five, something like that. But she got five million. So um, we'll see. Wait, wait what'd you say? What a million? How many did BTS get? Like actual live streams, people who turned in. I'm not talking about ten. Oh, ten. My bad. Dang, why you get all up in my grill like that? You, you try to make it sound like she beat them and she did not. <laughs> my bad, I misspoke. I'm sorry. It happens. I'm human. Dang, that cut me in my heart. My heart hurts. I just had to make sure you were corrected. <laughs> like I'm bleeding out and shit. Anyway, oh, so Duolipa, her concert did well, is the point. <laughs> Of course, we know she's not on Bang Things level, but you know. No, it's really great. Okay. It's, it's really, really good. It's really, really great. You know. So, um, and I remember just like what Warner Brothers is doing to boost up HBO Max, they, their power move. It's a, it's a very, they're playing a very dangerous game. We'll see how it turns out. But um, her concert, I remember when we signed up for for the BTS concert and I remember filling out the questionnaire I don't know that you filled it out but it asked like if you would continue when the world gets back right to do virtual concerts or would you go for groups that you know it's going to be hard to get tickets to like BTS I would do a virtual concert and there are some concerts like um, I like watching Coachella because I can never get to Coachella Um, they live stream that weekend um, on YouTube and I always tune in to watch Coachella so um, ver- I think some sort of hybrid for virtual concerts. I also think that's going to be the wave of the future. So Rona has just, we will see how we adjust or how we readjust because we're not, there is no going back to what it was before. Um, we're, we're just going to have to see how it happens because these artists, they're, even though they say they miss the fan interaction and I'm sure they do, they're, o- they're making so much more money by doing these live stream concerts and their overhead is so much cheaper. They don't have to pay for a whole tour and all of that kind of stuff. So we'll see what happens um, when the world gets back right. Well, um, that does it for the wind down. Go grab you some popcorn, uh, take a sip of wine, and we'll be back with our review of Dash and Lily after the break. Welcome back. We are going to be discussing Dash and Lily, currently streaming on Netflix. Dash and Lily is Netflix's first Christmas series. Um, and it's the question seems to be, uh, what happens it when... Ugh, I'm about to. You sound very awkward. Don't try to make it all cutesy. Just state what, it, what the, show, movie is, the show is about and keep it moving. chocolate three two one let's get it welcome back this week we will be discussing dash and lily currently streaming on netflix 
the main question is, do opposites really attract? And that seems to be answered um, when Dash, a cynical, snarky uh, teenager, and Lily, who can best be, be described as a quirky ball of sunshine, um, begin trading messages in a red notebook, which they leave throughout New York City for each other. Um, this is Netflix's first Christmas series, and that's why I really wanted to uh, review it because it was a, it was something new. We, we we get Christmas movies, but not Christmas series. So, um, what did you think about it? I, I thought it was cute. I thought it was. Cute. I should stop using that word, right? Um, <laughs> I thought it was really really cute. I did not think that I would actually like enjoy it or I would like it when I first got started. Um, I was ready. I was ready to be bored, but I wasn't. I wasn't once like, you know, I got into like the second half of episode two. I was just like, oh, okay, this will be like a cute teen thing. All right. That's cute. Um, the girl had a very pathetic life. I'm just going to put that out there, um, which was very, very sad for living in New York City and your life was pathetic. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. What did you think? Um, I I wrote down the same thing. I thought it was cute. Um, it I I I kind of figured after the trailer I would like it. Um, but I will say those are the oldest looking freaking teenagers I've ever seen in my life. Now she, I, I felt like she could she she could kind of pass when you didn't look too closely at her because when you look too closely you could realize like no that girl is not in high school. But if you kind of like just watched her in the scenes, she could pass. She could pass for a high schooler, like a senior, not the junior that I think she was um, passing for. But him, come on now, dude is clearly in his twenties. Um, and then he he was, and then Edgar Edgar looked like a full grown ass man, full man. Like he looked like. And not so. like a teen, you know, like there are some teenagers that look really like older, right? Like you, you could mistake them for adults, but nah, like he, he looked like a full on adult, not a teenager pretending to be, a, no, a full on adult. He's going to be, the dude who plays Edgar is going to be 30 next month, next year, the beginning of the year, 1991. Oh my God, and they had him play a teenager? He doesn't even look like one. <laughs> like, and <laughs> so... That kind of threw me off. Like I, I could, I could kind of escape. I would let you know Dash make it because I get it. Going back to the original nine hundred two one zero, when you had a forty-year-old Luke Perry playing Dylan McKay, he wasn't quite forty at the time, but he was the oldest cast member. Um, you know, I get it that they they do age. Uh, it's hard to find someone to play that role, but. Um, I'm so sorry, but uh, wasn't Gabrielle Union in her 30s when she played a 17-year-old and played that role well? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, she was in her, I don't know if she was quite in her 30s, but she was in her 20s, her mid to late 20s. And I get it. I do. But yeah, that that his casting threw me off. The other guy, the lead, Austin Abrams, he is 24. So that's not quite... Uh, looking like 28 it's not quite as egregious but yeah so um that was one of my things is that they could have done a better even if they were going to cast older they could have done a better job because edgar i'm sorry bro he looked almost every bit of his 30 years like (laughs) like he had a drink in his hand and he looked 
like there was no problem with him having a drink in his hand. Yeah, like he would never have been carded in that bar. Ever. Like, yeah, so I was just like, how old? <laughs> like, did you fail? <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen it yet, um, Saved by the Bell, but there's this uh, episode where they keep having like all these old people come try to hit on them to take them to prom. And I mean, like old, like septuagenarian, like 70 year olds. And and the girl is like, I know they're not in our high school class. Like, I know they're not. Like grandpa, I can see your depends. So that's how I felt with Edgar. But aside from that, <laughs> aside from that, I did like it. I thought it was really cute. Um, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought it, than I thought I would. And it didn't it followed some of the the typical YA or teen tropes which you know they do but I also like that it was very smartly written and I agree with you um I get that she was the quirky nerd but it's like did they have to make her so pathetic okay okay here's my thing all right now like I have my group of friends like you know we, we have groups of friends from different you know you know times in our lives and I have my group of friends and I call them the New York crew. And um, I have never like met somebody, even when I was a teenager, who was from the tri-state area, who didn't even have one friend. Did you realize she had not one friend in that whole show? She had her caroling group. She didn't have one friend <laughs> in that whole show? She had her caroling group. That, they were not friends. They were not her friends. Like, I mean, like an honest, friend that she should have had that was her age and she had none like usually you'll have like that quirky girl and she'll have that friend who you know just kind of flows with her on her quirkiness like even when she was in middle school you had nobody no, no not one person that you connected to in the whole time that you were growing up in the one of the biggest cities in the world well, you know, they, they told her, I guess, and I guess they explained that, you know, um, that the trauma from those friendship bracelets and those, like, a, a part of me could relate to her in, in a sense that I was, and I still am probably very quirky, very nerdy. Uh, I marched to the but beat of my- But you have friends. <laughs> I marched you've had a friend since you were, what, in elementary school, right? Yeah, I've had several okay. friends. I have you, no, 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 you can't compare yourself to that. No, just not the friendlessness, but the still kind of feeling like you don't always fit in. Because even with my group of friends, I didn't always feel like I felt in, like I fit in, you know. But that's a a teenage thing, though. Like, I I, I have the same thing. Like, I like very different things from my group of friends. And I still, to this day, sometimes be like, how are we friends? Because we don't like the same movies. We don't like the same music. But at the same time, like we still grew up together and there is a sense of friendship and loyalty, you know, with my groups of friends. And, and, her- and that, that's what threw me off the whole show was that you, your friends, the people that you hang with on a normal basis is your grandfather, your parents and adult carolers. Yeah. And that's what her brother was saying. And it was the trauma from middle school where, you know. But she had no friends before middle school. Well, when she tried, when she tried, she made the friendship bracelets and they all laughed at her. And that just was like, okay. So she, she, so she withdrew into her bubble and she just hung out with her family. That was her tribe. And, you know, but I get, I get, I get what you're saying about her not having at least one friend. 
Um, they could have done her a service and given her one friend. Everybody has that one friend. So, um, besides your grandfather and their brother, um, I loved her brother, although he was fucked up. I did like her brother. He was. I funny. loved her brother. I thought he was the best character. Um, because he didn't end up the way that I thought he was going to. Like, I thought he was going to be that annoying, like, older brother who, you know, kind of gives her some advice, but really, like, stays in his own bubble and is just there every once in a while for a scene. But no, they were actually really, really close. And, you know, he helped her from the beginning. And I just, I loved his personality. Yeah, I loved, I loved him too. But he was fucked up. Like, he broke up with Benny. Like, you thought, I'm with her. He has like, issues with distance. He was going out of town to visit his grandmother for two weeks over the holidays. In Puerto Rico. (laughs) He was going out of town to visit his grandmother for two weeks over the holidays. Look, like you said, he has issues with distance. And he was going to Puerto Rico, which is basically out of the country. For two (laughs) fucking weeks. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I was like, child to get like nah bruh. Like, um I, I I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Like it was ridiculous how he broke up with his boyfriend and she's thinking like he's moving to Puerto Rico forever. Yeah. And then she finds out he's going to Puerto Rico for two months. I mean and for she, two weeks. And, and, he, like, and you broke up with him. You should have break up with somebody because of that. You know, and he's just like and I was just like, dude, you are so stupid but I did like his boyfriend I liked Benny like you said his brother her brother turned out to be Langston is his name turned out to be a totally different character than I thought he would be and I'm happy for it um I loved her great aunt Lillian um I can never the Mrs. Basil E and the nickname that she gave her I loved aunt Lillian she was amazing and but my favorite character was you ever read that book I have not I'm shocked I have not. I didn't. You know what is weird? As much as I love to read, even as a kid, I didn't read a lot of like children's books. Like I just didn't. They didn't interest me. Hmm. So I would even even as a child, I was always reading above my level. Like I would never. I read The Cat in the Hat when I was learning to read Dr. Seuss books when I was learning to read and Mickey Mouse because you know I love Mickey Mouse but as far as just actually reading a lot of children's books even as a child I did not always read above my level like I was reading biographies and stuff like that autobiographies yeah I know nerd <laughs> or science I didn't say it you said that I, I can read your mind through the screen okay <laughs> I didn't say anything I was I saw, just listening quietly to what you were saying. I saw the look. I saw the eye roll. And it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's what you were thinking in your head. And you're probably going to be like, you do you, boo. And you're like, that explains so much. Oh, God. So, it just explains a little bit more. You know, but no. So I can't say, honestly, that I've ever read a lot of children's books. I didn't. Oh, um, I, can, I can understand that because, you know. Like, I, and I was kind of the same way, but it was for TV shows. So, like, I didn't watch kid shows. I watched um, basically, like, adult shows or shows I shouldn't watch. Because people are always shocked when I tell them, like, Beverly Hills 90210 was my show. And I started watching it when it first premiered. Like, I watched the first episode. And they were like, wait, how old were you? And I was just like, I was eight. <laughs> I was eight years old.
years old when Beverly Hills 90210 came out and I watched it religiously for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch a lot of children's shows either, but you know, so I wasn't the kid to Very get Very inappropriate. Over. Don't, don't. Yeah. Very inappropriate show to watch when you're eight and nine years old. <laughs> I wasn't the kid to get up early for Saturday cartoons and all of that, so. Um, but I loved Boomer. Boomer was probably my favorite character. I loved his best friend, Boomer. Um, he was just funny. He kept it real. He was a little quirky himself. Um, I loved his, his movie references and his love of movies. And um, one of my I favorite. Like that his family also like a- accepted uh, Dash and his mom called him what? Peculiar? Peculiar and finicky. Yeah, and finicky. But like you knew, like if he, like when he went over, you know what was it on Christmas or yeah. So when when he went over on Christmas, and he was just like, "Hey, you want to come in?" and and his whole family there, and I was just like, "They, they got to have a real cool friendship and been friends for a really long time." If he's like, "Yo, just come on in," like we gonna chill, like you know we got this big bird that we about to eat, and I was just like. I like their friendship. I will say that I really did like him and Boomer's uh, friendship. I thought it was really good. Yeah, because, you know, and Boomer, I mean, and Dash told Boomer that he helped his mom pick out his Christmas presents. So it was like, okay, you know, they must be cool. And mm-hmm. um, if he did that. And plus, you know, Dash was who he was. Like I said, cynical, snarky, obnoxious. He could be a bit of an asshole, kind of pretentious. Um you know, you could tell he came from New York City money, the divorced parents, but um, Boomer described it best. Once your walls are up, but once you get to know you, you're not the person everyone thinks you are. You're not even who you think you are. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and that was one of the things that I liked about it, even though he and Lily, they did this friendship through this journal um, and they start to change they change because of each other, but they don't necessarily change for each other, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does it really, or is that one of those, yeah, whatever you say? No, like, no, no. It, it, no, I, 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 get, I get what you're okay. saying. I, you know, I, I, I will say that I was not interested in the rom- the romance of the show. Um, I like the fact that they, like, Lily started to really, like, open up and she started to get out of her weird Mm -hmm. um pathetic bubble that she lived in (laughs) for her 17 years of life yes i'm calling it weird and pathetic bubble that she takes a shot every time we're gonna take a shot every time you call her pathetic pathetic (laughs) that's what what five six shots already i'm drunk um (laughs) on you know but I, i i liked how she she grew she grew as an individual especially when she stood up to herself against her um, grandfather, yeah. I, I I love I love that development of her character. The yeah. romance, no, no, <laughs> like you're not gonna last. <laughs> like I wasn't. You know what? I I will have to agree. I think because we saw what was in. I'm not going to say they're not going to last. I'm going to say I was more interested in the friendship and the character development because they both yeah. changed. Because he, when, he, and you saw his change when he had dinner with his dad. And you could tell that him and his dad really didn't get along. They really didn't have much use for each other. And so the way they started the dinner 
And then when his dad was like, I don't understand why you like books so much anyway. I can't get you to go out of town with me, but whatever, you get lost in the book. And you can tell there was a moment when the old Dash would have just said something snarky and cynical and something sarcastic, and it just would have started a huge blow up. But then he took a moment, He, you know, he, her words played through his head about what to do when you're having a problem and how to, sometimes you have to attack a problem differently. And he just said, well, because... You know, after my baseball games, you would take you would always take me to that bookstore. And that's that's what developed my love of reading. And his dad had a great response to that. I was like, oh, OK, it, you know, so it's like they had more in common than they thought or it, it was just so I liked that response. And I think I see I saw the potential for them to actually have a real relationship when they met at the party, but they didn't know who the other was I think we saw that yeah they really would have and they really did like each other so if it's renewed for season two we get another Dash and Lily next year I would actually like to see them how they navigate it as a couple but um, I feel like it'll be so nostalgic if they actually like show them at like you okay so you know like how some show the movies is kind of like they give you the happily ever after and then and then it cuts to black and I feel like Dash and Lily was the perfect cut to black. I don't want to see y'all relationship because it's it's going to take away the fantasy of y'all um, having that connection because I don't believe you would actually have a good relationship together. I, I don't. I think they would have a great friendship. Um, I think the vibe that they gave off, they would have an awesome friendship. But relationship? Nah, I don't see it. And maybe, and, and, but you know what? And that might be the way to go with them. Like, because they were both so sheltered when it came to relationships, because he was with, what's her name? Sophia. And mm-hmm. the, the reason that uh, Boomer didn't like Sophia, he came out and said, it's not because Sophia is a bad person. She's great. She's smart. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. She's rich. She's Obviously, see, that's how he started to get with her at the end. But, yeah. <laughs> but he was saying, she's bad for you because of who you are when you're with her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and that's what he's saying. It's like, yeah, on paper, but she's not a bad person you two just aren't good together because of who you are and how you are when you're with her and I get that so maybe they would find that they are better office friends and see them with other people so I mean when I say relationship maybe it 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 not necessarily mean the romance of it all but just how their friendship would evolve and develop and if they can make it work or if they find out hey we are better office friends or whatever as long as she doesn't end up with 40-year-old Edgar. Oh, my gosh. Like, that that was just... And then he was a douche as well. Like, he like, was such a douche. And I was just like, like, if this was supposed to be y'all kind of getting her to change her mind on who he is, I didn't see it because I felt like he acted the same way he was when he was 12. Mm-hmm. Like, he kept calling her weird, and then he called her his little weirdo, and I'm like... Even mm-hmm. after she, you know, kind of, like, her reaction like spilled her heart off the poetry jam yeah like read read the room and but i did love when she when she was at the poetry jam 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 and you know she she was she was talking to him and she was just like and i was 12 years old the one of the best things that he did was when he stood up and he said so was i and i was just like yeah he was a 12 year old boy like and and i get that it completely changed her whole direction in life and it made her close herself off to having friendships i definitely definitely get that because it is hard for people that are considered to be weird 
and not um, following the norm to really develop, you know, really close friendships. I I will say that. That yeah. But um, but at the same time, like yeah, he was twelve years old. Like, <laughs> and I I get it. It's like we don't sometimes when we're going through it, we don't really think of it. And I think she because of that moment. Um, she built him up in her head to be something so much more and because he wasn't just the kid who quote unquote bullied her in school he was also her crush and he had her think you know when everyone else threw the bracelet down she was like oh okay but when he did it and she heard what he said I guess because of how she felt about him it just kind of it did I don't understand how it impact. I understand the impact. I just don't understand how she let how it impacted her and, as much as it did. See, I didn't see the bullying. Like I'm sorry, but I didn't. I didn't see the bullying. Like they didn't really emphasize any of the bullying. Like I guess we were supposed to just automatically assume that he was a bully because she called him her bully. But all that he did was that he really just didn't put any significance into the bracelet, or she thought he didn't put any significance into the bracelet that she that she gave him but you, you didn't see anything where like she actually was bullied by anybody yeah and i think there weren't actual know, moments of her being bullied well maybe they just didn't you know how they're trying to move away from that they maybe they didn't want to show it it's based on a series of books and i haven't read the book so i can't tell you if it's actually in the books or not um, I guess we were also supposed to get that idea when he said that he burnt down the school or he burnt down something. He set that major fire and his dad sent him off to boarding school. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're just supposed to assume, um, you know, based on what he said. And he was a bad the, kid. Yeah, the context clues that he was just the asshole kid. And um, I don't know. But so, you know, and I loved what her brother told her about her first kiss. He's like, I don't remember my first kiss, but I remember my second. And he was like, it's just about the first one that really matters. And I was like, oh, that was great. Like, I, I did like her brother. He was an ass. He was a hot mess. I loved it when he was like, oh, let me show you how it's done. Like how he was being judged by grandpa, but he, he, he sat through it to take the money. He was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Still going? Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I think, I think I'm ready now. I think I'm ready. And then he turned around with the cash in his hand and he was like, that's how it's done. <laughs> and, but Grandpa just, you know, and I get it. Grandpa was old school. I didn't and, like your Grandpa. I didn't. I, I get that he was her person. I saw the moments of where he was nice and where he could be a good person. And I'm not saying he was a bad Grandpa, but he was a bad brother. And he was a bad friend. Well, so my, my, okay, so here's my thing with the, the grandfather, right? So you mean to tell me for 17 years you helped raise her. You you know, like, majority of the time, the people that she hangs with, because if you really know who she is, then you know that the people that she hung with on a regular basis were your older friends that she called her uncles, you, her parents, and her brother. That is who she hung out with on a regular basis. So what kind of, like, threw me off was when she came home at, what was it, 4 o'clock in the morning or something like that, right? And he just snapped at her. And I was just like, so there's going to be no consideration into the fact that she's never in her, like there was no mention of the fact that she had never in her life ever done something like that. There was no conversation about like, where was she? What was she doing? Like, you know, um, there was no, there was no sit down. It was automatic. You're grounded and you're not going out for the rest of this time. And I'm just like, but you should know your granddaughter. 
and you know this is just not who she is like that that's not who she is as a person and then when he was trying to give her the cash and he was like oh you've changed and you know if you tell me that it was all because of that boy then I'll let you stay with me seriously seriously like that that's the kind of grandfather you want to be like like it, it just threw me off because it lets you know you didn't really know her you didn't know her enough to make to to realize that there were certain things that she, she was going through and to have that conversation with her so were you really her person no I think you in this I, I agree with you on a lot of that I think it's just from this fact that what is it what's that saying gosh well I can't think of it right now obviously but it has to do with how protective they are you know how girls and boys are treated so differently you walk in on your grandson with a naked dude in his room and you just chastise him like oh okay you know um that's still disrespectful to walk in and you're hooking up in my house this isn't your house you're and they didn't even talk about the gender differences exactly so it's So it's just how he was super, super protective of her and still treated her like she was this gilded flower and wanted to keep her in a cage. And when she started actually, because, you know, I think it was more of a shock of anything. I think it flashed him back to whatever issues he had with his sister being the wild child when she left the family and went on tour with the Rolling Stones and her artsy life and all of that kind of stuff. And then versus his 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 granddaughter, who had always been this perfect child who no one ever has to worry about. But obviously they did have to worry about her because they lied about her family moving to Fiji. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So, oh, well, I, I looked at that as in um, the reason why is because she's so she's so like happy go lucky and they didn't want to destroy. And they knew even as everybody kind of went and did their own thing, they knew that Christmas was very, very important to her. And yet y'all still all left her and didn't like tell her until it was too late. They, yeah, and I were all literally going to separate from her on Christmas. And I, I, you know, and I think it's the way she found out more than anything than just, you know, but. So there, there were some things that I was like, okay, um, the human messiness of it all. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect. And I kind of, even though it drug, it drove me crazy in a little bit, I, I kind of got that, that's being human. You know, life is not perfect. Life is messy. So even those moments and even the people that we love the most, those are the ones who usually hurt us and disappoint us the most. So um, grandpa was an ass, but I, I kind of understood where he's coming from. Not justifying it, not saying he was, you know, but I, I know I recognized why he was being the way he was being. Didn't make I, it any I, better. I, I, I know why he was being what he was being, but um, yeah, you're not forgiving. It, he was an asshole. It, it didn't make it any better because I hated the way he treated Mrs. Basil E. I'm like, dude, you're such an ass. And it, it was kind of like, oh, he's just automatically forgiven. Like, after a minute, there, I thought like, oh, is Grandpa dying? Is that the reason why he's being an asshole? That's but, what I thought too. Like, but no, Grandpa not dying. He just happens he, to be in love with a woman that lives in Florida. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, he mad because his side piece don't want to move up to New York. Exactly. Right? And say about how my whole life is in, in, in New York. And it's like, then you don't really love her then. You know, so it, it, it was interesting. Okay, so we talked about whether or not it should be a sequel. What are you going to rate Wait, that? Did you talk about the sequel part? Yeah, you said that you thought it faded to black at the perfect spot. You sure, right? I did say that. My bad. 
My bad. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to the ratings, I do want to point out like some cute moments that I love that isn't usually in holiday movies, but I really, really, really uh, love those uh, scenes. So I love the fact that she sent him on um, to go and look at the Christmas lights on the different houses. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, that, just, that was good. Like yeah, that's like always been like a Christmas tradition for me and my mom where we would just get in the car and we would just drive around. There's certain neighborhoods where everybody does up their houses and they have competitions and stuff. And I love that. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I definitely, definitely enjoyed it. I love that she sent him. Um, no, he sent her to Grand Central Station before the first train. It was him, right? Who sent her to Grand Central Station? Mm-hmm. Or she, or, yeah, before the first train. And because it's so quiet. Like, it, but then can I just say a little BTS? <laughs> I thought about, I thought about when they filmed on there too. I when did. When she was walking through, I was, the automatic thing was, oh, Jimmy Fallon, no, not Jimmy Fallon, um, like yeah, Jimmy Fallon and on with BTS. Like, that was my automatic thought of like, oh, they did it at like, what, two, three o'clock in the morning. It was five o'clock, you know, that she was there. But it's so quiet. And it, it is one of the best things when you go to Grand Central Station so early. I know most people are morning people, so they don't do it. But you go so early. You go when it's really quiet. There's not that many people before the morning rush starts. Like, it's, it helps you think. Like, I, I, I did it once. And it really, really helps you, helps you think. Or when you just walk around... Um, um, Times Square when nobody is really out but the weirdos like it <laughs> is an amazing because they really are out you know at that time but it is an amazing feeling just to walk the street and clear your mind so yeah I, 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 those were my two like favorite favorite scenes was that because that's a tradition and I've, I've done it myself and it's always peaceful to do those kinds of things yeah, I liked when he sent her on the rage monster. Like when he he was like, I, I get I'm not trying to change who you are, but I get that you're basically a happy go lucky person, but we all have that moment where we just have to yell, fuck it, and want to cheer up some stuff. And so when she finally started destroying those snowmen, I'm like, Oh God, thank you. She's not you know, she's not gonna turn into a psychotic serial killer. <laughs> yes. With that well, she, she did up, she did make a puppet. With she that didn't creepy make a puppet. puppet. Yes. So she was already weird as fuck because she made a puppet. <laughs> and she was so excited about her puppet. But yeah. She gave her so. puppet hair. <laughs> so <laughs> what, would you, what would you rate Dash and Lily? Um, a three? Okay. We're, we're like a, so, a, solid, a solid three. Like I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was cute. It was really, really cute. Um, I'll never again in my life watch it. Um, so even if it comes out with a sequel, we are not reviewing it. I'll put that out there right now. Um, but it was cute for what it was. Very unrealistic. And she was extremely pathetic. So that loses a whole point from her pathetic mode. Um, what is that? Like 10 shots so far? Um, but overall, I did enjoy it. I'm going to give it a solid three on the enjoyment um, of it. It had me thinking like I could actually like talk about it and everything like that. Unlike, you know, some other um, shows and Christmas movies that I watched where I was just like, oh, my God, this is so cliche. Like, I just can't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but it, it was good. It was good. It, it was a solid three. What about you? Um, I'm going to give it a solid 3.25. So 
Um, I, I just went up a quarter of a bucket more than you did. But um, <laughs> if there's a sequel, I would watch it. Uh, is this something that I just have to watch? No, this would probably be a holiday thing that, you know, I would watch on the holidays, but nothing that I would watch year-round. But, um, you know, it, it did its thing. It didn't make me want to go read the books or the series, so it wasn't just, you know. Not at but, all. But it was better than I thought it was going to be. So I uh, really, truly enjoyed that. All right. So that does it for this week's episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. Be sure to join us next week when we start our slate of year-end special shows, beginning with our top 10. Um, We will be reviewing the top 10 moments or our top 10 list for the Popcorn Wine Down. So until next time... I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye.